I could sit here at your feet Where it's just me and you I'm caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this holy moment I never want to for blessings Jesus you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do I just want you yeah more than anything can do I just want you Brent could you just sing that I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions I'm sorry I'm so sorry but I just sang another song take me back to where we started I open up my heart to you. Can you lift your voice and sing, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Father. And I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Father, we just want to just want to be in your presence. For we know that where your presence are is is there, there's just fullness of joy. In your presence, there's peace that passes all understanding. In your presence is absolute truth and strength and power. In your presence is safety and shelter forevermore. In your presence, there is freedom. In your presence, there is unconditional love. In your presence, there is no condemnation. God, we need you. Awaken within us the response of heaven. Awaken within us the response of heaven. Awake within us the response of the kingdom of God. Awake within us the response of the kingdom of light. Awake within us, God, the heart of love and mercy and boldness. Awake within us to rise and be the church that Jesus, you died for, 
and was raised from the dead. And the church that you're now, as you sit at the right hand of the Father, you are interceding and praying for us right now. God, open our eyes, open our ears. May we hear you. You've got our attention. Jesus' name. In a moment, I'm going to call someone very special who is out rebuilding the walls, rebuilding the streets for God's kingdom. I'm so excited for you to hear from this precious lady. But first, I just want to kind of bring us full circle from the worship problem to returning to God. There is only... There is only, and there's a slide for this, there's only one way, there's only one way to solve the worship problem. Only one way to solve this worship problem. Or if you're stirred and you're upset and you, you want to take action because of abortion, absolutely we need to. If you want to get involved politically, absolutely. But we need to understand that we don't have a political problem. We have a worship problem. But that doesn't keep you from responding to these different problems we have as long as we've got the worship problem solved for ourselves. You with me? I wrote our senators. And I just shared my broken heart with them. I didn't throw stones. I just said, Senator, can you help me understand why this is okay? And guess what? It puts it in their court to give an account, to give an explanation. And I was given an explanation that they're not for abortion. They are for women's rights. And you know what my heart said? What about the baby's rights? We're so focused on political laws and choices. But guys, there's nothing I can do to force the hand of that senator. There's nothing you can do to get in the face of politicians to tell them what they need to do. That is God's job. But we can speak truth in love and we can bring light to darkness. That's what it's about. And so the only answer to our worship problem is Jesus in us. That's it. Because when when you have Jesus in you, living inside of you by the power of the Holy Spirit, the risen Christ in you, you no longer have a worship problem. You have the king of your worship living inside of you, amen? See, that's powerful. You want to solve the worship problem? Start worshiping the one who is worthy of your worship. Place the only one true God in the throne of your heart of worship. It will change your life and it will change everything around you. You will begin to respond with the heart of Jesus. You will begin to speak truth, and when you speak truth, mountains will move because you worship 
the one true God. We need to get back to becoming fully devoted followers and worshipers of Christ. That will change this problem. Kicking, screaming, posting signs at abortion clinics. I'm not saying any of this is necessarily wrong, but it's ineffective when it comes to the worship problem. We need to respond like Jesus responded. And it looks like this. The devoted worshipers is Jesus in us. What did Jesus do? We looked at the first week. If you weren't here, please look at the sermon. The only answer to our worship, Jesus in us. We need to pursue the lost. Jesus pursued the lost. In our chapter a day this last week, we saw that completely. Zacchaeus, he was the most lost person. Tax collectors back then were going to hell in a handbag. They were hated. They weren't just sinners. They were actually the sinners of the worst type. And who does Jesus pursue? The worst type of sinner. He pursued him. And then what did he do? He didn't just pursue him. He got on their level. Zacchaeus was small. He was up in the tree. He actually had Zacchaeus come down and got on his level. The adulterous woman, he didn't stand hovering over her. He got on her level. And church, we need to start getting on people's levels who are lost and broken, who are confused, and who hate Jesus and hate everything Christianity stands for. What, we don't push them away? No, you don't. Jesus didn't. You know who he pushed away? The religious leaders who were supposed to have the answers. And then what did he do? He gently lifted her chin, meaning he connects and gets real with them. And he looks them in the eye. He just doesn't go through the motions and gets down on their level and say, you're going to hell. Does that work? (laughs) That's not what Jesus did. He said, where's your accusers? They're gone. Neither do I accuse you. Get up. Wash yourself off. And go live for me. That's what Jesus did. And that's what we need to be doing if Jesus is in us. This protesting and this pointing fingers and this stirring on Facebook and social media without understanding and being sensitive for those who are hurting, it's got to stop. And we need to start pursuing them. We need to get on their level. We need to lift their chin and then guess what? This is where it's uncomfortable for you. How many parents in here? How many of you know that when your kid does something really bad and you're ticked off, will they look you in the the eyes? No. They're ashamed. They're dirty. 
They're guilty. They know it. And so they don't want to look in your eye. And what, what does Jesus do? He looks right in their tear-swollen, sin-stained eyes. He says, I love you. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. I died for you. My plans for you are more than you could ever dream. That's what we need to be telling people. It's his kindness that draws us back to repentance, not his condemnation. And then we show amazing kindness. Am I saying you say, look, you're doing what's not right in God's eyes. Keep doing it. But God still loves you. That's not it at all. Jesus didn't do that. He said, you're loved. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to save you. And now be changed. We get it all mixed up. We tell those who are lost that they need to get their act together before they come to the church. That is so messed up. We need to start going out and pulling the people who are lost and jacked up just like you and me. Get them here now. Because Jesus is pursuing them just as they are. Not what he wants them to become. So the answer, my friends is not blowing in the wind. The answer is Jesus in you. That's when revival will happen. That's when people in Blanchester will come to know Jesus. That's when our community is going to change and that's when the abortion problem is going to start to be addressed. Jesus in us. I can't think of a greater segue. Right in our Clinton County area, there is a beacon of light that is living this out, that is Jesus with skin on. And they are addressing this abortion, this unplanned pregnancy, this sex issue, this darkness with the light of Christ. And so I would like for you to welcome the executive director of the New Life Clinic in Wilmington, Sherry Weller. Would you come up? Come on. Hi, Sherry. How are you? You got your mic? I okay. Thank you. Um, can you paint a picture for us before you go into New Life Clinic, what you do? Can you paint a picture for us on the life of an average young woman in our Clinton County community experiencing an unplanned pregnancy of some sort and the real struggle she's facing? What's going on? Like, what is the reality? So a woman that finds out that she might be pregnant and had not planned that is going to be a little nervous, very anxious, uh, wondering, uh, depending on her age, do I tell my parents? How do I tell my parents? Do I tell my boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Um, she's in, in just a hot mess. She's really scared and wondering what to do. In our country, obviously, she has the choice to go and abort. And many women think if they can do that very quickly, the, um, the fear, the anxiety, all of that will just simply go away. And we know, obviously, that that's not the case. So we see mm-hmm. girls that come. Um, typically at the clinic, we are average age, I guess, um, for the most part, is between 18 and 24, 25. And most of them aren't married. 
Correct. Most are not married. Many don't go to church anywhere. They don't have support of a church, um, of a good, strong family. And so they're scared, and they're wondering what in the world to do. Would you say that the average uh, female that comes in is, is just alone? She yes. feels alone? Yes. Doesn't have a support system? Exactly. What about, because I, you know, I said the first week, and I kind of was convicted about it, and I shared a little bit about it the second week. And I talked about where, where are the men in this issue, in this situation. And I know that on average, uh, the men aren't involved or they're not told or whatnot. But I think there's also a lot of situations where the men are deeply involved. They're deeply hurt and they're deeply connected to this. But it really comes down to her decision. Right. So where, where are the men dealing with this? Where do you see in our community what's happening well, um, obviously the world says you don't need a man. Um, we know as believers that God is the author of all life, and life begins at conception. So um, I'm not going to go into the details because my daughters are here this morning. So <laughs> you adults know that it does take a man and a woman to make a pregnancy, um, to, to start a life. And um, the men are very much involved, and it's our belief that um, we need to pull the men in as soon as possible um, women are going to find out, um, they're going to base her decision primarily on what the man is thinking and feeling. Um, if she believes that she's pregnant, um, her first thought is, oh no, how do I tell him? Um, she may have already told him before she comes to us. Um, but while the world says, you don't need a man, you've got uh, Obamacare to help you with insurance, you've got all of these programs, you, you don't need his money, his support, you don't need any of that. Uh, for us at the New Life Clinic, we say absolutely you do, and God uh, designed it so that you do need a man to, to create a family and to carry on. So we're going to try to include him and involve him as quickly as possible. And do you, do you see quite a few men involved, or are they just not there? We do. Um, we see some. Sometimes the woman will come in with the guy, and if that happens, uh, we take the opportunity to talk with him about the potential pregnancy, about what she's dealing with, and we find out from him, what are you thinking? You know, this is, this is uh, 50%. Uh, if, if you are indeed the father, this is your baby as well, and you've got a lot to think about. So we do see many that come in, and we try to just begin encouraging and counseling with him as soon as possible. And Sherry, you, you may have already addressed this, and that's okay, um, but where are you seeing the darkness in our world impact people most in regards to this, the sexual and abortion issues that we're facing today? Where, where do you see that really hit people the most? I, I think in our world, the media really pushes um, a me uh, attitude. It's all about me. I can be selfish. You know, the woman, it's her choice. Uh, she gets to decide what happens to her body. Um, and I, I would disagree with that some. I think in God's economy, there's submission. There is humility. We talked mm. about before. There is yeah. a concern for um, God's entire creation. It's not a selfish position. It's very much uh, when you understand that God is in control and he created this life inside, uh, you begin to think about more than just me. And um, it takes abortion off of the, um, out of your thinking if that's wow. where you're coming from. That's insightful. Hmm. So now we get to bring the exciting stuff of what God is doing. 
Where is New Life Clinic stepping in to be the light in the darkness? And what are some ways uh, you're ministering to the real need? And before you answer that, I just want to say I was able to uh, um, get, a, get a, a small tour of the facility. And I, I didn't share this with you, Sherry, but I was just, I was completely overwhelmed with God's presence in this place. There was such joy. There was such peace and, and like love, it was so thick. You walk into the baby store where moms can earn baby bucks and get diapers and clothes for their babies. I mean, it's just love. It's unbelievable. In our dark community, there's this beacon of light. And we need to let people know about it. Just like Elevation Community Church is a beacon of light. And people who are lost and blind need to know about it. So what would you say is where are you, where are you stepping in to be the light of the darkness? And what are ways that you're ministering to the real need? Uh, well, thank you for mentioning the clinic. Um, and I'll, I'll say this is not a Sherry Weller thing. This is a God thing. Um, we, we have the building and the location that we are in all by the grace of God. We are debt-free. Um, we are hmm. just just doing what he's called us to do. And he continues to provide and care for us and propel us forward. So what we do is just on an individual basis, um, we minister to the women in need, to the the man in need, to the family in need. Um, And I I know we're we're talking a lot about Christ and being Christ in you. I'm I'm often, um, if I ever have the opportunity to be actually in a counseling room with a girl, I love to use a passage in the Old Testament. I hope that's okay. Yeah. Um, no, we only do New Testament here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. There is a passage. Don't spread that rumor because the rumor will go around. <laughs> go ahead. No, there's a, one of my favorite passages in, in the Old Testament, actually, is in Genesis 16. And I love it because in the work that I do, it is so pertinent for, for women that we see. And um, it really relates. Most of the girls that come in don't have a church, uh, have never stepped foot in a church, don't own a Bible, couldn't care one thing or another about Jesus Christ. Um, So we have the opportunity to kind of introduce them to that. And in Genesis chapter 16, we see the very first mention of one of the most awesome names of God, and that is El Roy. And that means the God who sees. And it's coming from, he's given that name, not by some father of the faith or some patriarch or anything like that. He's given that name by a little teenage girl who's pregnant, out of wedlock, and running away. She's not even running towards anything or away from him. She's just running. Hmm. It's the story of Hagar and Sarah and Abram when Abram had waited a long time for the promise and Sarah got a little anxious and thought, I'm not going to be able to give a baby to you, so why don't you just take my maidservant um, Hagar? And let's see if we can get her pregnant, and, and then that'll be the promised child that, you've, that God's told you about. And Hagar, once that happens, she really didn't have any say in the matter, but once it happened, she started to be abused by Sarah, and so she ran. She's scared to death. She doesn't know what to do or where to go. She just ran. And you find in Genesis 16, an angel actually comes to her. She wasn't looking for God or a solution. She just was getting out of Dodge. And so when the angel comes to her and has a conversation with her and says, you need to return to your circumstances. You need to go back and humble yourself. But I'm also going to bless you through this child. 
that's when she gives God the name El Roy. And I love that because I can share that with girls in the counseling room at the clinic and say, look, you're in this situation that you weren't anticipating. You might think that you may have thought you were going to get pregnant later in life once you're married and are ready to settle down and have children, but that hasn't happened the way you wanted. And now all of a sudden, you're young and pregnant and do not know what to do. And some of the girls don't even know who the father actually is. It could be one of multiple guys. And so when I share that story with her and say, look, there is a God who sees you he sees your circumstance, not, not to judge you or to condemn you, but to get down at your level, look in your eye, and, and say to you, I love you. I'm going to walk you through this and, and go back through these circumstances with you, but I love you, and I want to love you out of that. That's what we try to do at the clinic is we say, look, I see you. I see the hurt. I see the pain. I understand where you've been, and I want to help you get to a better place. That's what it's all about. Even, even to the detail of all the work and uh, just the painting, to the decor, to the rooms, the counseling rooms, like you feel, you feel they feel special mm-hmm. and cared for. You've taken fine detail and concern in every area, and it shows. Mm-hmm. It shows. That, yeah. that entire building was just bathed in prayer when we were painting, when we were down to the studs and starting to rebuild it. We prayer walked through there. We were very intentional about saying, God, what what do you want the lobby to look like? How do you want this place to honor you? And we very specifically chose not to put Bible verses on the walls in the lobby. We want to attract girls that would never normally come to a church. And so we want them to feel very welcomed and loved when they get there and then have an encounter with Jesus that they may never have had before. Did you catch that? That's exactly what we're trying to do here, too. We're not trying to be church to them. Let that sink in. We're trying to be Jesus to them. They don't know any different. And so when they come in and they don't feel comfortable and they don't feel like it, this, is, this is something that is safe, Scripture verses to them aren't safe. They don't know that. Okay? Love is safe. And comfortable, and that—I mean—it's all over that place. Um, so, um, I'll make a side comment. You may. Um, I'll, I'll mention my daughters. I hope it's okay, but they've all gotten their hot chocolates. They've probably got their shoes off by now, but they're really feeling comfortable. So, thank you all for being that comforting church already. <laughs> You're welcome, girls. <laughs> um, just talking about—it's just crazy. Uh, I hope you know this. You probably don't, but like God just was moving today during worship and everything that was said was really just a God moment. Um, A lot of that was not in my notes and plan. I just feel like God's speaking to us to return to him and uh, be devoted followers and worshipers. I mean, just think about in your own life, if you were fully devoted, whatever that looks like, I'm not talking condemnation and guilt of you're not there yet, and so you should feel really discouraged and beat yourself up. I'm just saying, can you imagine as you continue to pursue the Lord in your life and to seek him first, can you imagine, multiply that by 200? I'm not talking about coming into this building one time a week and recharging our batteries. I'm talking about being in the presence of God every day, 
worshiping him and coming then to church, not to recharge your batteries, but to serve and to worship God. Can you imagine what would happen? And so Sherry, with that, um, in what practical ways, not even speaking with the New Life Clinic, but I think it could involve it, what could we do as devoted worshipers to start seeing a change in our atmosphere, in our communities? Uh, how can we step in and start to make a change? Like, what can we do? I think just being ready for action, whatever, whatever Christ calls you to do in this, in this whole um, issue that we're talking about. Um, abortion is very broad, and uh, we, we obviously at the clinic deal with girls on the front end that are pregnant and considering an abortion. So, so we try to minister and love on her and develop that relationship um, in, in full hopes that she will choose life. But even if she doesn't, we're still going to be there for her. We're still going to provide for her and care for her. That's it. Um, but there are women in our churches. Um, statistics say that even close to 50% of women sitting in our churches have had abortions in the past or an abortion. Um, there's a whole uh, realm of women um, that it just hasn't been tapped and just having that understanding and awareness that there may be sitting someone sitting next to you who's deeply hurting. And I think when you, when you are in that place of worship and you love Jesus and you want to have his eyes and his heart and, and follow him, um, I think God gives you those, those thoughts that, hey, someone's hurting. I, I don't know why or don't know what it's about, but someone is hurting. And I think when you're, you're really seeking to worship him, He'll reveal that to you, and then just yeah. being ready to give, to yeah. love, to serve, to take her to cof- coffee somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all a part of it. Wow. Wow. I just feel like I need to say this, and I know, I, I know that most of you would just think of this, but I don't, I don't think all of us would. Um, with the gender differences, men, you know, Get other believing women to surround those women who are hurting. Don't, men, don't put yourself in a vulnerable position. I just want to say that. Be very careful in how you do that. And yes, we still love and provide hope. But um, those, those women who are vulnerable, they need, they need a safe place as well. Men, be there for the guys. So how do we know? Do they just wear signs of, I've had an abortion on their shirt, on their sleeve, or uh, I have a drinking problem, or I have an addiction, or I'm hurting, or I, I, I'm depressed, uh, I have anxiety? No, you get to know the person. Just ask them about their lives, and then be ready to listen. That's when you know. That's when they begin to share. But you just don't. You just don't start a ministry to go into the streets and just say, okay, God, just who's this, who's this, who's got the problem? No, you just go love people. Build relationships. It's through relationships. And so uh, we're about to close. I want to kind of end of how we as a church individually, but also we as a church, and we've talked a little bit about this, you and, you and I, um, how can we begin to rally behind the New Life Clinic, this lighthouse in the community? How can we support you guys? How can we be a part of what you guys are doing? Before you answer that, can you even give an estimate of in the last, how long have you guys been going? Uh, we started in 1986. Okay, wow. 
So how many babies that you know, how many lives have you mm. been able to save? I mean, just a, 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 just a broad a number. Question. We average about 1,000 um, client visits per year. Um, of those, about a third of them are brand new clients that we've never seen before. Um, wow. So, and a good portion of those in the new client uh, group, those would mostly be pregnancy tests and um, those considering an abortion. Uh, we've had our ultrasound machine since 2011. Um, just purchased a brand new one um, this year already, and we're already seeing amazing clarity in the pictures, and that's been real exciting. Um, and that does help? Yes, absolutely. They say, um, some, some statistics say well over 85 to 90 percent of women that see an abortion within the context of a loving, caring relationship, typically at a pregnancy center, um, well over 85 to 90 percent will choose, will choose life. And um, they will when change they see their the mind. Ultrasound? Yes, they, okay. they'll change their mind after they see the ultrasound. Mm. So that's been an amazing um, yeah. piece of technology for us. So how can we support the clinic? Um, lots of ways. Obviously, prayer. I mean, we, we survive on prayer of the saints. Um, we have many churches within our community that support us. The, the Capital C Church as a whole um, prays for us, and that's, I really believe that's how we've been able to stay strong and continue to serve since 1986. Um, so, obviously, prayer. Um, we try to do everything according to what God would want us to do. Um, financially, of course, um, I know that you guys have done the baby bottle uh, campaign. I don't, we don't actually keep totals for each of the churches as the bottles come back in, but to date, we have already deposited $17,000 just from the baby bottles. That makes a difference. One one baby bottle filled with change, $17,000 once it's all combined. That's well, you all do know that we also will take bills and checks. Those are a lot easier to count, so feel free to put those in there, too. Um, I like you. <laughs> um, but it is, in addition to the baby bottles, we have a walk for life in the spring. Uh, that typically brings in fifty to 60,000, um, probably 350 walkers. If Which never, we will be doing. Yes, if you've never done that, we'll it's, a, it's a fun day. We start and stop at the Wilmington Church of Christ and walk about five miles through Wilmington. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's just neat to see the community rally around us. And then in the fall, we do an annual um, banquet. It's a little more fancy. Um, it's been at the Wilmington High School Auditoria for the past few years. We bring in a, a big-name speaker. Um, actually had Abby Johnson one year, and you may know of the movie Unplanned, or you may have heard of that coming out soon. Thank you so much for saying that because I've been wanting to say that. Yes. If you're moviegoers, yeah, honestly, all of us, every Christian needs to see the passion of Christ, right? Uh, everyone needs to see this movie called Unplanned. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry to Abby interrupt. Abby actually worked in the um, Planned Parenthood industry, worked her way up, was eventually an executive director. And one day she actually had to assist with an abortion. And in that uh, abortion um, she saw on the screen, it just totally changed her heart and her mind, and she eventually got out of the abortion industry and now is a phenomenal speaker um, on the pro-life side. Um, and she so, ministers to people yes, who are in the Planned Parenthood She ministers and all that to stuff. those people. She's not one of those hateful on the courthouse lawn type speakers. She oh, so ministers. she's a devoted worshiper. Yes, oh. <laughs> yes. exactly. Thanks for making my point. <laughs> yes. 
Um, and, and again, uh, I'm working with, with Sherry. I, I know uh, several other women in this church are involved. Um, if, if you, maybe you work part-time, maybe you're retired, maybe you have a little bit more time than others, uh, they're always open for volunteers. Yes. Um, and yeah, go yes, ahead, please. We, we are pretty much run by volunteers. There are only about uh, six or seven of us on staff, and we're all part-time but our volunteers are the hands and feet. They are the women that welcome the girls that come in. They take them back for a pregnancy test. They talk through all of their options, whether it's uh, parenting, adoption, or abortion. We give them all the information. Uh, We bring the girl back within a week or so for an ultrasound, but our client advocates are the ones that, that do all of that work with the individual clients. Um, And also men, They, they minister to the men as well. Uh, so a client advocate would serve at the clinic one day a week, usually a 10 to 4 shift because those are the hours that were open. We also like to have teachers from within the community teach on all sorts of things like budgeting, um, parenting 101, pregnancy 101, um, how to cook on your SNAP benefits. Uh, you know, so we've got all kinds of classes and we're always looking for teachers to help with that. Awesome. And just so, so I communicate, um, the only way that we're going to make a difference in outreach and uh, create a place uh, that ministers to this need is you becoming the hands and feet. We, we are not a church, and the Bible talks about this, where the pastors do all the work. There's just no way we can do that. And so we're going to support you and equip you and come around you. But if, if God's stirring in your heart right now, for maybe some thoughts and ideas of what we can even do in Blanchester, pray about it and then come to one of us and let's sit down and let's talk about it. But be ready to, uh, all of us, have skin in the game. That's devoted followers and we're, it, we just don't pass it off on someone else. That needs to stop. That day is gone. We're going to return devoted worshipers and followers. Take, take it seriously. And they pay the cost to make a difference. Uh, Can we thank Sherry? Uh, Really, really appreciate it. And uh, can we all stand? We're going to respond and worship. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Brent, come on up. And Sherry, just stay here for a moment. I just want to pray for the New Life Clinic. And I just want to pray for everything that God's doing. God, um, you are fully in control. And uh, we just... We love you, and we need you, God. You are the only one who can bring this kind of change that our world and our community desperately needs. And so, God, thank you for allowing us to be blessed by Sherry today. Thank you for the sacrifices and the cost that her and her husband and our girls give up every day to serve you and to be available for the hurting God, we just pray for more and more and more people who are broken and lost and confused and hurting to just stumble into new life. (laughs) That's what it's about. New life in you. The New Life Clinic offers that new life. Father, protect. Protect the unborn. Protect the babies in our community. Give us a heart to fight for what you value and what matters to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.